Something is bubbling among women today. Women crave honest stories that entertain, motivate, and move them. Women want reinforcement that they are not alone in feeling the way that they do and that they can feel good about their prospects. Stories and Strategies for Women podcast will share riveting stories about amazing women. I'm your host, Claudine Walk. A good story well told is powerful. A good story can motivate. A good story can inspire action. We are excited to welcome a new sponsor. Thriftbooks.com is a cool way for you to buy your favorite books. If you're like me, you want a book in your hands when you read, or maybe you simply want to buy your favorite books to place on your shelf, but you don't want to pay full price. Thriftbooks has the answer. Search used books at their online site, thriftbooks.com. Books are reasonably priced, plus each purchase adds credits to your account, which you can apply to future purchases in their Reading Rewards program. You may even have enough credit for a free book. The nicest part is that you don't have to keep track. Thriftbooks keeps track for you and lets you know right at the point of purchase that credits are available for your use to apply on the spot. There's a link to thriftbooks.com in the show notes. Or click the ad on my website, ClaudineWalk.com. Welcome to part two of our interview with Greg and Andrea Ferguson. Part one can be heard on episode 47. From that, uh, it was a matter of, I don't care how uncomfortable you are, don't shift, right? Um, I don't care if, you know, I don't care if, you're, if your arms are sore, you're not changing position because all I needed was a branch to crack. You're in the water and you're done. You're right. just done. Well, so are you, uh, so are you actually sitting on a branch? Yeah. You're sitting yeah, on a branch. Yeah, and then eventually had to stand to get out of the water. Yeah, because oh it kept rising, gosh. and then it started to recess. Uh, there were people, I, I, I know factually, I mean, they, they were in the tree, it busted, they got in the water, and they never came out. Oh, my I mean, goodness. It's, uh, it's just an amazing uh, success story amidst some pretty tragic Results for well, I also want to just jump in and clarify it. It's not a tree. So when he told me that, I'm thinking he's high up on a you know a tree. It was a branch. It honest to God, it was it was a branch of a tree. I mean, I think it was a tree. It was um, but the way it was curved. So you know, for the audience to think tree, it's not a. It was not. It was not a tree. It was a branch. And, um, it had a trunk. It qualified. <laughs> but, you know, but that's in my head. That's what I'm kind of thinking. Yeah. Like, okay, sitting there, not realizing he is wrapping his entire body around just a, a branch. Yeah, because I'm and, thinking it's like the tree of life in the middle of Disney sure, World. Right? You're like, right? how did you no, there dangling your not feet? It. Yeah. No, it's not Well, it. And, and you've had the fortune of seeing the picture. So, you, yeah, I mean, you can illustrate it better than anybody. I mean, it, it really was. It was a branch. It was one of those, if you've ever been on the side of a creek, and seeing these trees that come out from the bank, right? right. So imagine a creek is eroded down. You've got these big walls where the creek is running through. And then out of that wall is coming one of these big trees. And that that's that's what it turns out it was. You know, the, the part that, that was, one, it was the goodbye call was, and she didn't know how serious I was. Like, look, I love you. I love the kids, but I have to go. And it was, I have to go because I need my phone to work. You know, because now it's it's a matter of battery. But then my, my my parents called, and so when my 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 dad called and said, "What's going on?" You know, now I'm a I'm a dad, right? right? So now I've uh, you know, I've got a seven year old that, you know, 
so I'm, I'm trying to imagine now, what would it be like to have a call with your son? And he says, dad, I'm in trouble that I don't know if I can get out of this time. Right. Like this is, I remember saying to him and he, he claims it's like burned into his brain, but it was, a, I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was more in the presence of, I don't know if I can get out of this one. Right. I, I need help. I'm in serious, serious trouble. Right. Uh, and so he ended up calling, you know, in desperation, as only parents can understand, um, he ended up calling everybody. I mean, he was calling my uncle down in Florida because he was uh, Broward County diving and was still networked in with law enforcement and saying, is there anyone you could do? And he said, Harry, I, you know, all they're going to do is patch me through to the local entities. Like he goes, I'll be another blanker on the, you know, on the, on the board. So uh, he ended up calling a guy who lives up uh, up off a of bound station, so not far, and comes in with one of those big old Jersey farm trackers, right? And basically told Scott Cozart, uh, if there's anything you can do to go down there, it's apparently really bad down at this intersection. But if anything you can do to get down there, so he brought one of these big old tractors. Well, to kind of bring this all together, the we should talk about the fake rescue. Well, that's where we're getting to. So periodically, all the calls that have been going in, periodically people would come down into that area and they would come in with spotlights and they were EMS. Well, I screaming. No one could hear me because the wind and the rain and all that stuff. So they were all coming for that car that I had passed earlier, right? Where I had drifted by and I guess there had been somebody in the car and I was convinced I was a body recoverer. I was convinced that they were not, uh. not alive. And so they kept yelling out, yelling out, yelling out, but then they would leave, right? So I'm screaming for help, screaming for help. And then they would leave. And so that's just the worst. When you think someone finally found you and then they leave, yes. right? Cause they, so it turns out that they were all responding to calls at 202 and Queen Road. Everyone thought that I was the car that was pinned that I had passed early on in my oh, voyage. Oh, I see. So now we've got Scott coming down. Right? We, you know, my dad ended up, I had no idea this was going on. And this is now 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And the water had receded about two feet or so. But he comes down and now they've got access to this car. Uh, And it turns out his name's Howard and he did live. Uh, I was beyond certain that he was dead. They said that the water at that point was so strong that even when the fact that it was at knee height in this road and I'm further down, they said was knocking them over. I mean, these are big guys. These are so it's just an unbelievable appreciation for how strong this can be. But Scott was the one to say, this ain't Greg. (laughs) And Howard says, there's another guy out here. He floated by me. You you guys need to to go find him. Oh, thank goodness. He saw that. Howard didn't know that I had ditched the car, but he knew that um, a car had gone by and there was another rescue out there. So they started walking a tree line looking for this guy. And they finally got close enough where they could hear me screaming. And only then were they able to start the process of, of getting me out. And otherwise it was going to be another eight hours in this tree and, and, and waiting for the, you know, waiting for the water to recess. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a really bad night. So Craig, Craig, what do you do in a tree for three hours? Hold on. <laughs> Seriously. Like what's going through your head? 
Um, uh, once I honestly, once I got into the tree, I felt more confident that I had gone to the bottom of the line of emergency calls because I wasn't in the water anymore. So I actually thought maybe I had given up my place in line, right? Because they kept calling and saying, "Are you? Uh, we're just making sure you're still there." Because I'm not in the water, right? I mean, quite frankly, yeah. I in the totem pole of importance, right? I was actually probably in a better shape than other people were. Right, right. Um, I didn't know, I don't know what, so the, the funny thing is, is that the darker it got, the clearer I could see. And I remember uh, there was this, uh, there was this light post and it kept, you know, it was like one of the, you never know, really like watch it like these old, like Escape from Alcatraz and where they got like the prison lights and they keep spinning around, right? Well, it was kind of like that, but the problem is, is that it kept head faking me to where I thought it looked like a flashlight in the trees. So every time this light kept going around, you know, with the rain and everything, I, I would periodically think, oh my gosh, there's somebody here. And then there's nobody there, right? So that kept happening over and over and over again. But then I would, able, would be able to see, maybe I'm only 20 feet away from this embankment, right? Now we're getting into don't do anything stupid. Right. I don't know if it's real or not. I don't know if it's just a collection of debris, and I jump, right? Now I'm going to be Mr. Hero and I'm going to jump. And then it turns out it's Fugazi and it's just a pile of sticks and brush. And now I'm in the water and you're dead. Right. So it was just constant reminder of if you're going to live, you stay right here. Right. And just praying to God yes. that, the tree did, that the tree didn't give out. And how did they, how did they finally get you out? So they ended up getting, getting to within reaching distance and, and, the way that this process is supposed to work is that they're supposed to throw me a life vest that's got a rope tied to it. I jump out and then they tether. Well, I decided I was going to speed up the process. And remember this whole thing I'm saying is don't do anything stupid. Well, I made it for three and a half hours. I'm freezing cold. My hands are numb, right? I, my strength is gone. And yet I've decided that, you know, now is the time because there's people there. I can get out of the tree by myself. Right. And, and test it. Well, <clears throat> I got out of the tree and I started to try to find footing. There was no footing, right? So all of a sudden, this sense of maybe things are a little bit better now. It wasn't. And now I can't pull myself up. Back up, yep. Now I'm freaking out, right? Right. Because so, now I had done everything that I told myself not to do was don't do anything stupid. And again, this tree had a J, and I think I showed it to you in the picture. It's got a J, right? My left foot ended up catching this little J part of that trunk. And I was able to hug this tree. And then I was able to grab them and they were able to, you know, get me. But I got to tell you, if I had tried to get out of that tree earlier, um, it was it was doomsday. I had, it was the worst thing I could have done was try to speed up the recovery. <laughs> it was right. the worst thing. Right. You were so good until then. Mm -hmm. Well, it's it's just yeah. No, know, I know. Human nature is human sure. nature. And were they in a boat to get you? No, they were. In, it was a lot of fire trucks, and and right. it turns out that on the other side of this ridge there was no water. But okay. that was one of the problems too. If I get out of this tree and then I try to get to this quote unquote embankment that I think I see, what's on the other side of it? I have no idea. So I didn't want to get you know out of the frying pan into the fire kind of scenario. Sure. Uh, sure. It was hug this tree and just. Oh my gosh. And then the, um, how many bars did you have left on your cell phone? My phone died about 15 minutes after I was uh, in a fire truck. 
Oh, my goodness. Okay, so at least you, you did have it until then. So did you have a chance to talk to Andrea again? Does she know that you've been rescued? I don't remember, actually. Yeah, so I'll, I'll oh interject God. there. Well, um, so now that he talked about kind of a fake recovery, so I didn't want to call him because, and I didn't want to keep texting him for two reasons. I didn't want that to, I didn't want the call to go to voicemail, and now I'm thinking he's gone. I didn't want the text to lag you know because again i don't know what's on the other side of that i kind of just it was so he sent me he sent. i think i occasionally i would send him a text that would say you know are you okay and he would just say yes um and then he said someone's here and i was like oh my god thank god a couple minutes go by you know and i said you know call me when you know you're you're on land i know he's on land but right. you know call me when you're safe and I'd say, I don't know, 30 minutes go by, an hour go by. And I, you know, are, are they there? And he said it wasn't them. So now you're back into this panic. Now you're back into, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, again, I don't have a visual of where he is or, or what's going on. You just, you think the worst. And, you know, I, I'll never forget. So we kind of all went upstairs and, and, you know, I... I had a moment where um, my neighbor actually came in and I, I ran upstairs and I just bawled. I bawled my eyes out because, you know, as I was saying before, you have to be strong for your kids and you have to be like, daddy's going to be fine. Daddy's going to be fine. You know, they're going to get him. He'll, he'll be okay. You know? And at this point too, I don't know, is he bleeding? Is he, did he hit his head? You know, I have no idea. And, um, the thought crossed my mind twice that I wasn't going to get him back. And, you know, the first one was just, you know, it's more or less, how are my kids going to cope without a father? You know, um, yeah. how am I going to, how am I, how am I going to do this on my own? And I finally, you know, it's like the, the thought gets in your head and you just have to brush it away. And you just have to say, nope, you know, he's going to be fine. We're going to see him. And you know what? It'll be okay. I did check in the tree to see if I was bleeding. I remember looking at that because they asked me that. They said, are you cut? Are you? I remember looking for blood to be going into the water because I could not believe I could get into this situation and not and come scratch. out yeah. without a scratch. Right? Yeah. I mean, I ended up, my hands exploded into triple size i guess so if you read about flood water you find out there's a lot of really gross stuff in there yeah. and you know it's who knew right but i had the worst reaction so the, the worst thing about this was obviously the, the the trauma afterwards is just you know it's one of those mm -hmm. i can't describe it unless you've been through it i guess which is just this and the worst part is is that i i find myself hypothesizing because uh, one of the eeriest things about it was is that uh, my daughter's child, car seat never budged, right? And mm -hmm. then it's, it, it's okay, what if the situation that happened with the kids? Claudine, mm -hmm. there's no way we survive. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. I die trying to save them. It's just, it, it's, and that just, that's the ice that yeah. goes right through your heart. Um, so, you know, it, the worst thing that happened to me was I have, I, I get basically create my own hell. Right, right in my head and that i ended up having um i had to get my ring resized it was uh my hands literally puffed up to double because of the bacteria in the water wow um which was really gross and really, really bad itching but 
I didn't come out with a broken bone. I didn't come out with a gash. Um, I mean, it's really incredible. Everything went perfect. If you don't believe in miracles, this is a miracle beyond miracles. I mean, to hear it from start to finish and, you know, to come out of this, the only thing that happened was, you know, we lost a car. Right. (laughs) You know? Right. Um, But the car was, I mean, he said before, if he would have stayed in the car, the car ended up, what, about 500 yards past where he even was on the tree it was flipped over it oh was oh my gosh I mean, it was yeah. it was it was a mess right um yeah for good, me, good decision to leave the car 100 percent. and you know for me it was again he he took me back to the scene it was like the next day i think it was or like two days after um and for me that was the worst because you know now you see the car and you see where he was and you know it was just it, it was bad, but then it also kind of painted that visual of, of the worst case scenario in my head. Now I can actually visualize, oh, okay, this is where he was. This is what was going on. Um, you know, and that call, I'll never forget that call where he said, I'm, I'm safe, I'm fine. And I mean, that was just, and you know, my son, oh, he called this in typical Greg fashion, right? He did call me during the tree and he goes, well, this wasn't the night I expected. And I was ready to just, oh, if I was with him, I would have smacked him. Let's not play this off. You know, this is, this is very serious. And, you know, just getting that call and being able to tell my son, daddy's okay. Yeah. You know, okay. yeah. And, and um, you know, I wish that he was able to um, come back with us that night. You know, we were just anticipating that. And, you know, I'm thinking, you know, is he going to have to go to the hospital? Are they going to take him to the hospital? Am I going to, go to the hospital because even at this point around our house, I couldn't get out of our house. Right. Roads are still flooded and everything was, was, was bad. And uh, yeah, I mean, it just, like I said, it's just, it's just an absolute miracle. Absolute miracle. So you were able to have a homecoming that night? No, no. I slept, I slept on a couch wrapped in a tablecloth. It was the greatest thing. It was the greatest, uh, Yeah, it was the greatest self-made sleeping bag camp I camp over I sleep over I'd ever had. Um, but yeah, it's it's funny. Like, th- so there were three guys that ended up sleeping where we did. One of them drank all night. The other one, the uh, the one guy, um, uh, the one guy uh, just stared at the ceiling, and I was the one that just knocked out. I, I get. You know, everyone reacts to things differently, but uh, sure. And this was a uh, Hunterton Hunterton emergency saved you. Yeah, uh, yes. So it was West Amwell uh, Fire and Rescue. Nice, nice. Because we've we all thing. the all the kind of go back to the beginning that it was the worst area that was hit because right. nobody could get from Jersey to Pennsylvania and vice versa from Pennsylvania to Jersey. Um, we found out other friends that were in kind of that Ringos area. They had to spend the night, so there was no way that he was coming back to us that night. Um, yeah. And uh, so we had a. We had a nice reunion the next morning. Oh, thank goodness. Wow. Okay. So Greg, tell us, uh, did it change your life? And if so, how, if you want to share that with us? And the yeah, I, well, I think if you ask anybody, if you've ever been in a situation that legitimately threatened, you know, so I, I, I yes, it changed in the sense that, uh, for a while there, um, you know, a, a 30 yard pitch shot on the golf course wasn't so scary. 
Yeah, pers- perspective. <laughs> all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden, you know, making bogey was not a, was not a big deal. Um, so that certainly contributed. I I, I think um, uh, I, I I tell my kids every time I leave, I love them. I try to you know because again, that's the if if it if I don't know how many people are going to listen to this, but you know, the only thing I'll tell you is is that it, and there's so many there's so many points of evidence like I, I can you just never know you just never know you could leave kiss goodbye i'm running to the store and all of a sudden you're in a tree and <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it happens in so many different ways and, and i think what happened is is that i think there's just a general appreciation um uh, that I, I don't think you can have or, or you know or, or understand um and i I just implore uh, people to don't sweat the small stuff. It's just not, it's just that if I was going to say, how did it change me? There is a, there is a piece of me that is less, um, less reactive to stuff that just doesn't matter. Yep. Uh, You know, it's just a car. It's just a house. It's just a, but you only get one. Sure. You only get one of these. And um, so, yeah, I, I I think I've come out with a, with a, with appreciation and, and, um, Look, I'm destined now. I'm clearly destined to do great things because if yeah. I'm going to be plucked out of obscurity and saved, you know, uh, I was just watching uh, Saving Private Ryan. I mean, memory goes, you know, this Ryan better be something. You know, he better like invent the longer-lasting light bulb or something. So now I've got this, uh, I've got this burden on me, Claudine, yes. to do something better for mankind. So absolutely. Um, <laughs> How about you, Andrea? Did it change your life in any way? Um, Are you nicer to Greg as a, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, honestly, it just, to his point, you just, you never know how your life could change in an instant. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you can't go through life fearing that. Um, I think for me, I, um, the worst thing that could happen happened in the sense that I didn't know if my husband was going to come back. Um, you know, it, it was, so as much as I, I can say that I've been through it, I have been through that. I hope to God, I never have to go through that again. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, life is precious and, you know, you just have to, you have to live your life in the moment. You really do. Um, you know, and, and just, it can be taken away in, in, in a second. So just really cherish those moments and, um, you know, hug your kids, hug your wife, hug your husband, hug your partner, you know, whatever it is, um, hug your dogs. A funny thing about our dog, believe it or not, how animals can tell when there's something wrong. So we have two labs and that night, um, our black lab, uh, specifically, he, he didn't leave my side. It is rare for him to ever sleep on my side now sometimes we'll sleep in our room but um me and the kids we all slept in my bed that night and he was by my side the entire night didn't move didn't he knew and then when greg came in that morning we have never seen him react the way that that dog reacted it was like i knew you were in trouble you're home i love you i mean only you, Greg, you can, you can. Oh, it went nuts. It no, went it nuts. was, it was, uh, yeah. no, it, look, the aftermath was the aftermath. And, and, uh, 
Yes. Wow. Okay. One final question for you, Greg. What advice do you have for people who may find themselves in a similar situation based on your experience? So, uh, one, if you get the warning on your phone, you get, you know, look, if they're calling for eight inches of rain, stay home. Right. Right. That's my first line of advice. Nothing's Uh, worth it, right? No, no, no. And, and, and this was a stat that, that, that came up that I found mind-boggling, but it's true, right? And this is, and I talked about it earlier, but trying to get through those old spots, and you're like, oh, I did it. And I had built up this belly full of confidence getting through these spots that I were questionable, but I kept driving through it. So it turns out that water moving at five to seven miles an hour, um, and I know I'm going to get fact-checked on this, but uh, my source, so I'm citing it, but uh, seems quite reliable is that water moving at five to seven miles an hour has the same pressure air pressure equivalent of, uh, of an EF, uh, I'm sorry, of an EF5 tornado, which is somewhere like 300 miles an hour, right? So think about, you know, five to seven mile per hour water, you know, it can cause some damage. The water that we were in, and we actually did clarify with the West Amwell uh, emergency crews, is that the water was in fact moving at 20 to 30. That has the air pressure equivalent of over 900 miles an hour. So when you think about how powerful water could be, it will pick up homes and move them, right? And that's the stuff that we were in. So uh, my advice is, is that respect water more than I did. Um, And if you find yourself in that position, you drive to the highest point and you stay there. You turn off the car and you stay there uh, because it's, it's better to be in that situation than to do what I did, which is try to get home. Gotcha. Okay. And one other thing I wanted to bring up um, was the the water situation, because people seem to think because we live close to the Delaware River, that it's the river overflowing that causes the problems with the flooding. But that was not the case with this Hurricane Ida, right? No, it was just no, the no. amount of water that came down. The speed of it, I guess it came down inside an hour. Yeah, and then you had, and then it just says nowhere to go. And then so it all starts running downhill. And uh, it's hard to describe, but it was probably a width of about two or three football fields is how wide this flood was and moving at the speed that, and that's why it created so much damage. I mean, it just, it didn't care what was in front of it. It was, it was, it was going over you, under you, through you, didn't matter. And that's why so many people uh, aren't around to talk about it. I think over 20 people died that night. Um, Horrible. And most of them were in their cars. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Based on the news reports that I saw, yeah, most people were either in their cars and they were put in a position where all of a sudden they float and then they get caught and then they're done. Right. And so if you are caught in that position, get the heck out of the car as quickly as possible. Yes. Yes. Don't mess with it. No. Wow, good to know. Well, thank you so much. We've been speaking with Greg and Andrea Ferguson and their harrowing experience this past September in New Jersey uh, with Hurricane Ida. Thank you so much for sharing your story and for all of your insights. We're so glad that you're still with us and everybody is okay. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. And you are listening to Stories and Strategies for Women. You're listening to Stories and Strategies for Women podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave us a review. Visit me at my website, ClaudineWalk.com. Drop me a note on Instagram at ClaudineWalk. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time.